What's up, guys? Welcome to episode number 43 of the Joe Ciccarelli Show. Today's episode is a, another conversation about sales. My guest this week, this episode is Mark Hunter. Ran into Mark on LinkedIn. I would consider him a LinkedIn influencer. Has a lot of influence on there. And uh, we're actually connected through a previous guest from my podcast, Larry Levine. Great episode. I recommend you listen to that if you haven't already. Uh, great conversation with Mark. I'm not going to go into detail and spoil it. I'll let you guys listen to it. As always, stick around at the end for my color commentary. Hope you guys enjoy. Mark Hunter, welcome to the Joe Ciccarelli Show. Hey, thanks for having me. We're going to have some fun, I think. Yeah, we will. <laughs> if we can keep it going, I think we're going to have some fun. We've had some, I've had quite my uh, fair share of technical difficulties so far today, but um, podcasting life, man, here we are. That's right. Hey, at least you're not blaming it on the guest, right? So, hey, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Throw the technical under the bus, not the guest. Okay, that's good. <laughs> well, the podcast is young, but we'll see how we right. how we do, man. Well, hey, look, uh, thanks for coming on. Um as I said, I've been a fan from, I guess, from afar. I've commented on some of your stuff. I like your quick quick snippets on LinkedIn. Everyone does these long, long drawn out videos. And with you, it's like, get your ass wherever it's supposed to be, do what you're supposed to do and tighten it up. So um, I'd love to hear a little background on you and how you got to where you're at, man. Well, the short videos are because I can't think in long thoughts, okay? <laughs> I mean, I'm, just, I'm just a very simple guy. Hey, yeah, I'll, I'll share with you how I got into sales. You know, my, my last name is Hunter and I'm known as the sales hunter. Don't steal that. It's trademark. Um, people always say, so you're a born hunter and yeah, I was, yeah, that's the name I've always had and so forth. But I did not want to get into sales. In fact, uh, truth be told, when I was in college, I wanted to be a disc jockey. In fact, I wasn't, I was a disc jockey in college. Really? That's what I really wanted to do. But you don't, you don't tell your parents that's what tuition money is going for. It just doesn't go over too well. No. So anyway, so- right. I, I was getting a degree in marketing because that was kind of a fun degree. That that was going to be fun. I was going to do commercials and really do some fun stuff media-wise. And uh, what happened was my uh, senior year, partway through the year, I bought a new car. Uh, lesson number one, do not buy a new car when you're in college and you have friends because you tend to speed a lot. And what happened was I got like four speeding tickets in the course of about six weeks. Now, nobody was hurt. Nobody was harmed. Um, but what happened was the police department changed my career because what simply happened was this. I couldn't afford car insurance. See, a couple months later, a couple months after I graduated, I get this notice in the mail that my insurance premiums have gone through the roof and I could not afford car insurance, apartment rent, and my car payment. So I literally had to find a job to supply me with a car. That's how I wound up in sales. A lot of career planning. Now, let me tell you something. <laughs> I was so successful at sales, I got fired for my first sales job. It's okay. I got a second job, second sales job, second car. I got fired from that job too after only eight months. It's okay. I got a third job. I really thought I was going to get fired from that job before my boss sat me down and straightened me out. See, so when, you, when, when people say, oh, I'm not cutting it. Hey, hey, things can take time. Here's what I learned. What I learned was my problem in sales early on was I thought customers were bowling pins. I really thought they were bowling pins. And my job was just to knock them down, take the money and run. I thought it was just all about the commissions. Mm. And what happened was I was just leaving chaos and mayhem behind me because I was creating expectations that company couldn't follow up on. I, I was creating, it just wasn't working. And it wasn't on my third job where my boss sat me down and said, do you even know why you're in sales? And he set me on this journey of really understanding. It's about understanding the customer. It's about listening. It's about really helping them with their needs, with their challenges. Now, that light bulb didn't go on overnight. No. Sure. But over the course of the next five, 10 years, it really began to take hold. And my sales career took off because I was now focused on the customer and understanding their needs. What does that mean focused on the customer? Obviously we all understand what that means and we all know that's what we're supposed to do. What, what makes people do it well and what makes people that say they do it well? 
not well, do it well. Yeah. So many new salespeople, you're, you're, you know, new salespeople a lot are kind of in a prospecting position. You know, they're, they're basically dialing for dollars. Okay. There's an old term, but you're, you got to make X number of calls. You got to do that. Sure. And it's a grind. It's a grind. Here's, here's what I say. Prospecting to me is absolutely a trip. I love it. And here's why. I want to be prospecting towards, against, or to, however you want to say it, those people who have really, they're inclined to buy from me. Now, how do I know that? It's the ideal customer profile. It's the ICP. In other yeah. words, prospecting works when you know who your ICP is, your ideal customer profile. So here's the whole situation I look at. It. I look at prospecting as this. If I know that I can help you because you fit my ideal customer profile, I have an obligation to reach out to you. I, I, I owe it to you to reach. And if I don't reach out to you, I'm actually doing you a disservice. That's the way I look at prospecting. Now, here's the challenge. You say, Mark, that doesn't, that doesn't work in my mind because I, I call these people and they don't want to talk to me. Well, of course they don't want to talk to you because they don't know who you are. They don't know how you can help them. You have to create the conversation. And don't think for a moment that one, well, you know what? I've called them three times and they haven't responded. So they must not be interested. No, you haven't had a conversation with them. I have had many a customer that I've had to reach out to eight, nine, 10, 12, 14 times. And oh, by the way, it's not, hey, I'm just checking in. Are you ready to buy? No. The strategy, I tell this to every new salesperson, and I tell this to experienced salesperson, the strategy to prospecting is found in your shower. Yes, in your shower. Look at the bottle of shampoo in your shower. There's going to be three critical words on there. It's called rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeat. Now, let's break those words down. Sure. Rinse. What does that mean? That means you put clean shampoo in your hair when you do it again, right? See, sure. your message always has to be different and you repeat. See, so all prospecting is, it's about delivering new messages, new ideas, new, new reasons why they should engage with you, why they should converse with you. So they can begin to understand, oh, you know what? This Joe guy can actually help me. And ultimately, then they come around to having a conversation with you. Now, do they all? No, they don't all. I totally get that. I totally understand that. But you know what? I go, that's fine. That's your problem, not mine. I'm moving on to somebody else. But I don't let go of, if I know that I can help you, I'm going to stay on you. Because I know, I, and I know it's, I'm doing you a service. And here's the, here's another piece. This is what, this is what I hate. I hate about this. I'm sorry. I'm getting on a rant. Keep it going, man. If, if, if you were, if, if you were to step out, in fact, this happened to my daughter, my daughter stepped outside her front door one night and there were some new people who had moved in down the street from her. She had not met them. Mm -hmm. And she noticed that their house was on fire. There was smoke coming out of their house. Now my daughter did not know those people. Do you think my daughter said, well, you know what? Let me go back in the house and I think I'll probably try to connect with them on Instagram. You know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll see if they're on Pinterest. Maybe we'll connect with them social media wise. And then, and then maybe a few weeks from now, I'll know them well enough and I can tell them their house is on fire. No, she ran down there. She called 911, ran down there and made sure that they were out of the house and made sure that they were okay. You see, here's the whole thing. She knew she could help them. Now, is she trained? Well, okay. She's a nurse. Okay. She's a nurse, but she's not a firefighter. No, but she knew she could help them. This is what prospecting, this is what sales is all about. You don't sit there and, well, I'll just, I'll connect with them. I'll send them enough messages. I'll put enough stuff out on, out on LinkedIn or out on Facebook or whatever. No, 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 no. You can't take clicks and likes to the bank. I don't know where you bank, where I bank. I tried this one time. I had this Instagram post and I had a Facebook thing and LinkedIn. And man, they had all kinds of likes and comments. And I tried to take them to the bank and deposit them. They wouldn't take them. That's a big it thing in our world now. It's just, hey, how many followers? And it's true. I've learned that, especially on LinkedIn. I think it's a bit more um, strategic. People are kind of, it's like, it's, yeah, it's more of a business mindset, you know, in terms of like, what are you doing? So, I mean, I guess that's a good question for you. How do you approach 
because I mean, that said, you have a pretty legit online presence. How do you leverage that to turn to identify your ICP and bring them through a sales process? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I've got 320,000 followers on LinkedIn alone. Okay. That's a lot. I'm, I'm ranked at one of the top two or three salespeople in terms of the number of followers. It doesn't mean anything. What I'm on LinkedIn for is I'm on LinkedIn to create awareness. I am on LinkedIn to create my profile. I'm on LinkedIn to, A, your reputation arrives before you do. Just as you said, hey, you've been following me on LinkedIn. You've been, So my reputation arrived before I did. You sure. knew a little bit about me before you reached out to me. Now, the way I view LinkedIn is this. Coca-Cola and Ford. Let's just use those two brands. Sure. Coca-Cola advertises a lot. Ford advertises a lot. Now, let me tell you something. If you see a bottle of Coke, you know that's a Coca-Cola. If you see a Ford, you know that's a Ford. Why do they advertise? Because they know they have to keep their names out there. So Stay I look at those two. I look at those two, and you can put Apple, you can put anybody else in there. Say, if they have to spend that much, that much money on advertising and marketing, hmm, that means I better be doing something. Now, this is not an excuse for you to sit there and say, I'm not going to make any prospecting calls for three weeks because I'm just going to post, post, post on LinkedIn. Hmm. You want to get fired real quick? That'll get you fired real quick. You don't, you really don't have to spend much time. Surprisingly enough, people ask me all the time, man, you're on LinkedIn all, how much time do you spend? I spend maybe... 10, 15 minutes a day, max on LinkedIn, max. You should make it count. Yeah. And that, and that's it. That's it. And I got 320,000 followers. You see, social media has a long tail. And you have to understand that, that don't think for a moment you're going to put a post out there and, well, it's going to get 10,000, 100,000 likes and, and you're going to get people beating your door down. That, that doesn't happen. Okay. Wrong. Social media has a long tail. It's a drip, drip, drip every day consistently for months and years on end. Mm -hmm. I've, been, I've been on LinkedIn every day for years, but it's just this, this drip, this drip. Do you have to post every day on LinkedIn, do you think? No. Or is it just being active? No, no. And you don't even, you don't even have to be on LinkedIn every day. If, if you chose yeah. to be on LinkedIn a couple, two, three days a week, you'd be fine. I write in my book, A Mind for Sales, that you really only need to be on social media three times a week. If you took 15 minutes three times a week, you'd be fine. You'd be fine. Yeah, you get it done. And it's just, it's, just, it's just knowing who to follow. It's knowing who to look at. Quick posts, quick comments. Get in, get out. Don't get caught up watching cat videos. Or <laughs> trying man. to do too much, man. You know, it's we like are. you get overwhelmed, you know? It's we true. are. Yeah, we yeah, are. Because so. again, we say, oh, that's a cute. Oh, that's neat. Oh, that's neat. And then before you know it, we've gone down a rabbit hole. I mean, we have gone down a rabbit hole. And the other problem that drives me crazy about social media is, is social media. When I'm spending time on social media, it's not during selling time. I'm on early morning or in the evening. In other words, don't sit there. And now there are times I got to get on, like I was just on a call about an hour ago with a client I just signed, just they just agreed to do some work and they're introducing me to a few other people. So sure enough, I went out and looked at their LinkedIn profiles. Yeah, that's to totally cool. But don't sit there and say, oh, I gotta go, I gotta go see how my post is doing six times a day, eight times a day. Yeah, Man, right. that's, that's an addiction. It's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. Right, I, got, I got a couple questions based on and two of the things you said. The first one, prospecting. Um, tactically, you, um, I, you're a hundred percent right. And I, I've been in down this road before too. It's like, you're trying to get a hold of someone, even if you had initial contact, you lose them, right? And you, Hey, just check in and see how it's going. No response, no response. So the simple answer is bring something of value to them. Right. And then hopefully at some point you become someone that they value. So they're going to respond to you. Um, what does that look like tactically in your opinion? Yeah. Yeah. For, for, you know, I, 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 I must get an email a day just checking in. Oh, I didn't know I was a hotel. <laughs> just checking in is what you do at a hotel. Okay. I'm just, just, I mean, I, I, I didn't know I'm renting out bedrooms. I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. See what, what I want to do is I want to bring new value. For instance, I, here's the deal. I, and, and I have this happen all the time. I've got a, I've got a prospect that I've been trying to work on 
And uh, it was very interesting, but I stumbled upon an article that was relative to their industry. So boom, I, I sent it. Hey, just saw this article. Very, very interesting. And, and I just added two, two quick sentences to it. Took me all about two minutes. I got a response back. I got a response back. This was a prospect that had gone pretty much dark on me. Yeah, That's pretty cool. Now, what did I do? I sent them an article relative to their industry that I happened to just stumble upon on the internet. I love doing that. I love doing that. And I add just a little bit of commentary. Mm-hmm. I might I might take another piece of information. Hey, he, you know, here's some more insights. Here's two more tips on this. Here's more thing. The way I love following up, this is this is the number one way. Oh, if I say that, it's no longer going to be a secret. So that's okay. Just keep it all, keep it amongst yourselves. Mm-hmm. You might have one conversation with, with somebody and they share with you something. You want to call them back, call them back, and you're going to leave them, and they're not going to answer. You're going to leave them voice. Hey, I'd love to get your opinion, more of what you said regarding, boom, and you just play back to them what they said. There's something natural about, about opinion because we've all been cooped up because of this pandemic for the last year. It's crazy. So you sit there and say, hey, love to get your opinion. I love doing that in an email. Hey, you mentioned this. Love to get your opinion on this. Like to get your opinion. And, and you, when, when you play back to people exactly what they shared with you and you ask them to add, you ask them to share more, asking, you know, hey, can you explain that more? Could you give me another example? Could you, or you, you build on it. What it does is it does three things. One, they are impressed that you remembered something yep. that you shared with them. That blows them away. Two, they now go, hmm, this person actually cares about what I said because they're asking me more information. Three, guess what? They share with you more information. Yeah. That to me is the, is the trifecta of taking that first piece of information and running with it. Yeah, the opinion's a big thing. I, I was funny, I was watching one of your videos and that was something that came up. Um, what, is, what is your opinion? On, on, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love it, dude. You are good. You are smooth, man. Nice little turnaround there. Yeah, um, but and this is actually funny because I'm doing this now. Then and now that you've called it out, you're, you're you're bringing it to light. But one of the videos you posted that I it's really resonated with me because it pisses me off. And I see people do it all the time. Is um, you know, hey, let's give someone a presentation. And we stick them in front of an hour long PowerPoint or a 45 minute. Line. And one of the things you, that you talked about is like, dude, like customers just want to have a conversation. Um, and it's, it's like, I almost feel like I want to go into a presentation and be like, Hey, um, let's just start with Q and a, like what's going on. What are you thinking? Let's chat. And like, I almost want to put, I, that's always on the end of the agenda. I think it should be the first thing on the agenda is Q&A. Drop the mic with that comment. That was very yeah. good. You're right. Because the line I love to use is the best presentation ever made is the presentation never given. <laughs> yeah. That, that, yeah. That I mean, it. now think about this for a moment though. This is what drives me crazy. The reason you use a presentation is because you're not confident about what you're going to share. That's the reason. When you're absolutely confident about what you're going to share, you don't need a presentation. And that's what the customer wants is a conversation. Now, people come back to me, oh, but you don't understand my business. I I know, I know there's technical pieces you got to share and so forth. I get that. But that's a very small piece. And and believe me, the customer doesn't want to get caught up in wonky tech slides. Okay? They really don't. Because believe me, we... You know, it's funny. We talk about Zoom, Zoom fatigue, Zoom fatigue. Oh, I've sat through too many Zoom calls. Well, hold it. Why do we sit here and complain about Zoom fatigue, but we'll sit down on the couch and watch three hours of Netflix a night? <laughs> I don't think it's screen fatigue. I think it's quality fatigue. 100%. Yeah. I mean, you're so, yeah, it's so true. It's like I, I pull out, you, know, you pull up to a meeting and it's like, you want to open your laptop? And it's like, no, let's just... Keep it shy. I feel like there's a sense of, and I guess for a new sales rep, this is a big thing too, is um, you feel like you owe, oh, someone's given me their time. I owe them like all this value. And I feel like value is just listening to people, no? Well, see, here's the thing. If, if all you're going to do is show up and give them a presentation, they don't need you. They can get that from a YouTube video. They can get yeah. that online. 
I mean, this is the whole thing. We in sales have to be focused on helping our customers sort through what they've been inundated with on the internet. We have to help our customers answer questions that they didn't even think about asking. I'll tell you what, that's what I, I know. In fact, it was funny. I had a call, was it this morning or yesterday? Yesterday. I, I had, and this was with a potential client. And it was a carpool call. There was myself, one other person from my team, and three people from the other company. And we're talking, and I asked this question. And their VP of sales at Canada says, wow, that's a great question. We've never really thought of it that way before. Boom. That's I'm a, loving that. Yeah, now, I didn't have the answer too, but now think about this. We wound up having about a 10 minute conversation on that. It was absolutely powerful. And don't you think that they thought, wow, this guy's pretty smart. Yeah. See, my job in sales is just to ask the questions, get the conversation going. And the customer will wind up sharing with me. But see, this is the whole thing. Too many salespeople are afraid. No, I got I to drive. I got to drive. I got to drive. Mm-hmm. Hey, I let the customer drive the car. I let them drive. I let them, if they want to speed, speed. I don't care. Hey, go for it. Now, I'm confident enough that I can pull it back in anytime. I can pull it back in. But by, but by letting them drive, they're going to take me to where they want to go. And isn't that what we're trying to do? We're trying to help them get someplace? Yeah. How do you as a new sales rep, get better at that? Well, you, it requires confidence. And this yeah. is one of the reasons I wrote the book, A Mind for Sales, because, oh man, oh, it's people can get scared. But here's the whole thing. If you're confident going into the process, confident. And remember, your objective in, in sales, in fact, I, I was working with a company this morning, helping them put together emails. These were prospecting emails. And I said, you got to keep in mind one thing. Your prospecting emails are not designed to close the sale. They're designed to create a conversation. Keep that in mind. It's designed to create a conversation. Your objective from a prospecting standpoint, your objective from the top of the funnel is to just move it forward to the next step. Move it forward mm-hmm. to the next step. And what does that mean? That means having questions that are going to allow that other person to share with you. And I'm going to ask you a question, and whatever you respond, I'm going to come back and I'm going to ask you another question. I might ask you for your opinion. I might ask you, hey, could you explain that a little more? Could you give me a little more detail? You're going to share with me some more information. Then I'm going to take that information, and I'm going to ask another question. Mm-hmm. And what am I doing? I'm letting you, the customer, do the talking. And I wind up with a lot better information because I see so many... I see this a lot. I see a lot of account executives going into demo calls or, you know, sales engineers, whatever you want to call They go into a demo call and they feel they have the profile that, that's been given to them by the SDR and the BDR. And they do that. And, and really what, what it is, is that the SDR, the BDR, whatever position you want to call it, was just making assumptions. Well, this is what they said. No, this is, this is what you thought you heard them say. It's not what they said. It's what you thought you heard them say. Or you said, hey, this and, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's not a confirmation. I want to hear you. I want to hear the words come out of your mouth. When I hear the words come out of your mouth, and then you begin building on it, then I know that's an issue. I mean, then I know that that's an issue that you have, and I can run with it. That's something if my job is is to deliver you qualified, qualified prospects to the AE for 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 the next step, basically, I'm doing the discovery call. The discovery call is simply this: it's not me telling you the customer; it's you telling me the salesperson. See, that's where we get this whole discovery call really botched up bad. Yeah, because we're trying to fill in boxes, we're trying to fill in a grid, we're trying to fill in, you know, the CRM. Oh, pains yeah. me. I'm I, I I almost feel like I don't even. Let, want people to give me that much information at this stage, like about someone before I talk to them. Cause it's like, you know, you end up spending more time. Hey, well, did you talk to them? Like, and it's just like, why don't you just go in there and be like, Hey man, what's up? You know, what's going on? Um, and obviously not that lackadaisical because otherwise you're going to be like, what the hell are you talking about? But 
just try and treat people like people and see what happens in a sense, right? Uh, This is so true, especially because of this pandemic. One of the things the pandemic has taught us is authenticity and transparency. Yeah. You think about it. Go go back, go back a year ago when when we when we first, you know, went into, you know, working from home and all this sort of stuff, we'd be absolutely paranoid that the dog's gonna bark or or a kid's gonna run in the room or something like that. That's a good point. Now it's like, you know, I got a dog here and uh if, if my dog barks, I go, a super sales dog has just closed another sale. And I move <laughs> on. It does it doesn't phase me. I'm talking to people and they got kids running around in their background. I was talking with a CEO back here a couple months ago, and he's at the kitchen counter. Great. I love it. Got no problem with it. Authentic- See, authenticity and transparency reveals the masks. Yeah. And that's cool. what people want. And what that allows us to do, it allows us to have a lot more confidence, and it allows us to demonstrate integrity. Because I'll tell you what, integrity more than ever matters when it comes to sales. And, and don't think for a matter, well, in, integrity is based around what you sell. No, no. Integrity is built around why you sell. Integrity is built around influencing and impacting people. When you wake up in the morning and say, my goal is to influence and impact people in a positive manner, that changes your whole, that changes your whole headset. It just boom, flips it around. The customer is no longer a bowling pin. They're a human being that you want to help. That's to me, that's what makes prospecting fun. I people ask me, so Mark, you've been in sales for for you know ten thousand years. Do you make pro? Yeah, I make prospecting calls, and I love it. In fact, my secret weapon for prospecting calls: Friday afternoons. Whoa, I love calling senior people out of the blue. When I mean senior people, I mean you know these are COOs. CEOs, CIOs, you know, you know, you know, people with a C in it, or at least, at least a director. I love calling them on a Friday afternoon and it's amazing. They don't know I'm calling and it's amazing how many times I get connected and how many times I have a great conversation with them because they're a little more laid back on a Friday afternoon. They're a little more, you know, and, and they're impressed that I'm working. They're impressed and the amount of business. So, I mean, don't, you have to take all of the the norms that people have been doing. Well, you can't prospect on Monday mornings. Let me tell you something. Monday mornings is a great time to prospect because there are people who say, man, I got this problem. I got I got this itch. I got to get get it taken care of. And yeah. boom, I can call them right away. Boom. You know, don't ever sit there and say, there is no, there's no bad time to prospect. No bad time. Period. Yeah, I agree. I have one last question for you. I know we're coming up on the 30 minutes here, but uh, it's funny because what you just said reminded me of, uh, I had a conversation with kind of the person that connected us, Larry uh, Levine. And one of the things that I asked him, quite frankly, because his book is just like, you know, work hard, work hard, work, work. You know, you should always be doing this. Um, But it's funny because you almost, when you get really senior in sales, yeah, I work med device. I just go golfing every Friday. And at first you think that's cool. And then you're like, actually like, the hustlers are working till six. So how do you, I guess, how do you approach that thought, but also take into respect that you, you, you want to have a work-life balance? Well, there, there, let's call it what it is. There is no such thing as work-life balance. It is doing what you enjoy. That's really what it, what it comes down to. I physically number of hours, I work way too many hours. I know. But you know what? I thoroughly enjoy what I do because I'm having, I get to have conversations all day. I sure. get to have conversations. And to me, that absolutely excites me. I, I, I can't tell you, you know, the number of times on a Friday when I'm tired. It's been a long week. And then I, wait a minute, I got four or five senior level people and I call and, and suddenly I'm jazzed. I am, I am like jazzed. Yeah. I'm pumped. I'm excited. And so it, when we talk about work-life balance and, and people sit there and say, oh, yeah, I sell medical devices and I kick back and I go golfing two afternoons a week. And I'll tell you something. That's fine. Go ahead and go golfing and I'm going to take your business from you. <laughs> I'm going to spank you. You may not lose it tomorrow, <laughs> but you will lose it. Okay. I mean, yeah, I, I, I get that. I mean, I, I know that that's, I mean, we see that in a lot of industries, but I'll tell you what. The top one percenters, 
they're hustling. Yeah. And they're making it happen all the time. And you know what? They're not groveling over it. They thoroughly no. enjoy. I mean, I, I get up every morning at 4.30. And people say that is insane. In fact, it's funny. I had one of my assistants because um, I responded to her last night about 9, 9.45 on email. And she said, and, and, and she sent me an email and I responded to her at like 5.04 this morning. And she joked back, what, how much coffee do you drink? Don't you get sleep? I said, yeah, okay, I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, I, I, you know, but hey, here's one thing. When you love what you do, it's not, it's not work. Yeah. I mean, I, I, sales is not a job. Sales is not a profession. Sales is a lifestyle. I agree. Yeah. I mean, this, there's a, it, a lot of fulfillment after a long day's work or a long, yeah. like, there's a lot of like, Hey, you know, it's a lot easier to sleep at night. It's a lot easier to do all those things. We know that you, you gave it a hundred percent and that goes for anything. It goes for anything. And, and it's not like every deal closes. Believe me, I have a lot of weeks. I have weeks where, man, it's just, oh, it's a slug fest. Yeah. But you still, you look back and oh, hold it. I had these calls, these calls. And then there's other weeks that you say, it just, it just, it just, boom. I, I do a lot of coaching of salespeople. And I do a lot, I do a lot of speaking at sales conferences. Now it's virtual and so forth. But, and, and there, there's sometimes that it gets into a rhythm and it's just rolling. Other times it's, 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 it's tough. Yeah. And, and those are the ebbs and the flows of sales. But here's what I tell people. The way you manage the peaks and the valleys is you have other people on your sales team. That's why I say sales is not a solo activity. Sales is a team sport. Mm-hmm. Who's on your team? I have a mastermind group. I have a mastermind group with three other superstar salespeople that I hang out with. And we text, we talk all the time. We talk all the time. And what does that do? That keeps the valleys from being valleys. And it also, when we're up on the mountaintop, it keeps us humble. Because suddenly the arrogant person, that's that medical device person who's who's going out and golfing. Hey, I'm going to golf through, I'm going to be in three golf, three summer golf leagues this year. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then what happens is they 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 fall off the cliff. Sure. You have to have others around. You become the sum of the five people you associate yeah. with the most. It's a big reason why I started this podcast, man. Be around people that are that are winning. Yeah, uh, it's not a bad way to do it. Um, okay, so uh, this has been fantastic. First of all, I feel like I could talk for another three hours, but obviously we uh, said we'd do a half hour, and our audience has plenty to digest after this chat. Where would people go if they want to learn more about you? I know you got a lot of different things going on. So wh- where do they begin? Yeah, the best place is thesaleshunter.com. That's the website, thesaleshunter.com. There's all kinds of stuff out there. My new book, A Mind for Sales. I really recommend this to new salespeople. If you're if you're a new person in sales, A Mind for Sales. I, I go into detail how the story of me getting fired, how I wound up in sales. It's really kind of humorous, really kind of funny. But I, I, I walk you through all the strategies of how to have a mind for sales. Because I'll tell you what, you can have the best process in the world. You can have the best product in the world. But if your head's not in the right place, forget it. Conversely, I, I share a story in there. Guy who's an absolute stud of a salesperson. He has an unbelievable mindset. And man, he's with a lousy company. I don't know why he stays there. And the product really isn't that good, but he's crushing it because he's got a great mindset. Mindset trumps everything. So the book is a mind for sales. So pick that up, read it. Uh, cool. But hey, I, I I just love, you know, you follow me on LinkedIn. I got LinkedIn, YouTube. Ooh, we're all over the place. Yeah. 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 There's some good video. I was on your website. I landed on one of your um, articles, led me to a video. So um, cool, man. Well, Hey, thanks for coming on. But you didn't leave me a credit card. What's that? Oh, that, you, did, oh, you oh, didn't leave me your credit card. That's next. <laughs> <laughs> right on, Mark. Well, Hey man, thanks for, uh, thanks for taking the time today. We really appreciate it. Very much appreciate it. Thank you. All righty then. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode. I did. I actually enjoyed listening to it a second time. Like I said, I take notes after after these episodes and I found myself like filling up two sides of a note card. There's just a lot of good information here. Mark's a straight shooter, man. You know, I bring all these people on to talk about sales and these people are, you know, it's like have a presence on LinkedIn. Like these people are good at sales and you talk to them and they're just, yeah, they know what they're talking about. There's so much to learn here. I mean, what a, what a cool... Um, what a cool way to learn about it, to talk to other people. And uh, you just hear it to Mark. He's just, he's got it dialed in. He knows what he's doing. He's focused and um, gives it to you straight. No BS. One thing I noticed about him, and I'm learning about this as you kind of 
kind of try and build your presence online. And I don't know if this is on purpose or subconsciously, but he's got a really good like intro story. And that's a big thing. You bring a lot of people on a podcast and in any situation, people's like, well, tell us a little bit about your background. And it's like, well, I grew up here and I did this. And it's like, who gives a shit, man? Um, tell me something interesting. And he had a really good story about, you know, how he got fired a couple times in sales and then how he got speeding tickets and then um, treated customers like bowling pins. And then he just kind of figured out the customer comes first and then his career took off, yada, yada, yada. And it's actually a funny technique to tell a story when you actually look into like the science behind it it's like you know normally you have a problem you have external struggles and internal struggles and he talked a little bit about both of those and then kind of an event happens where you lose your job which is kind of the external struggle and then you meet a guide which he talked about was one of his managers that kind of set him straight and then things just kind of take off for you and not always in that order but um it's a good way to tell a story so i thought that was pretty cool maybe not super sales related but it is i mean sales is a good story so i guess the f the first one to be able to tell is about yourself um how did i break this thing down i found three things um, that i wanted to kind of no normally it's two last time it was one so i guess there's no normal today's three Kind of two high-level things I want to dive into, and then one's just some quick tips. I thought he had a lot of good, like, just do this, do that. Really actionable, things you could do tomorrow um, and kind of implement in your sales process. The first one, obviously, is the, the self-proclaimed, uh, self self whatever, uh, sales hunter. So obviously, we're going to talk about prospecting a little bit. First thing um, talks about, as it relates to prospecting, is the ICP. I, I, I didn't know about this. Um, ideal Client Profile. And uh, this is something I've learned through this test experimentation of like trying to build my presence up online, um, particularly on LinkedIn and uh, doing these interviews and all this sort of stuff. And uh, ICP came up as like, hey, when you're trying to build and you're really when you're trying to sell, um, which is when you're trying to build, you're ultimately trying to sell yourself or whatever it is that you're offering your services. You got to be really clear on who you're selling to. And I never learned that. It's funny. And maybe part of that, some of the initial sales companies I worked for, it was already figured out for us. It was pretty straightforward. And as I'm kind of thinking through it here, it kind of was. Um, so maybe it wasn't talked about as much because it was kind of done for you. But as I kind of, um, and it, I think in a lot of industries, you have a general idea of who your ideal client profile is, who the, who you're ideally, ideally trying to sell to. But I think the more you can, I know certainly in my sales job now, like we have a general idea, but we don't really peel back the onion. And I think that makes a big difference. Um, and that's what he talks about. When you really peel back the on onion and you're really clear on like, here's the person that has the problem that you solve, it becomes easier to talk to that person and uh, prospect that person and go talk to them because you, they literally have an issue and you can help. Um, that doesn't mean that they're all going to want your help and that means they're all going to listen to you. That doesn't mean they're all going to be super nice, but at least you know that you're solving their problem and you're not calling out and just kind of arbitrarily being like, huh, well, maybe you have this problem. I'm not sure. Uh, and of course, not every person in your ICP is going to have that problem, but taking the time to figure that out and being really clear on who that is, you're certainly putting yourself in a better situation. Uh, so that's a really big thing in prospecting. If you haven't really thought about that, it's a worthwhile exercise to kind of sit down and peel the, peel the onion back a little bit on that. The other one, um, the, the strategy to prospecting is find on your shower. That's a great line. But uh, look in your shampoo bottle and uh, rinse and repeat. And uh, it's funny. I, I look at a lot of this stuff online um, and I see a lot of information. Uh, a part of building my network on LinkedIn is, one, you know, identifying an ICP, a niche, which I have. It's new sales reps. <laughs> And kind of what you're offering them, which is the ability to increase your sales. Uh, and then the ultimate is like, what's your secret sauce? And this is kind of getting off on a tangent a little bit. But I think it's interesting. It's something that I'm learning. And I think I'm going to, um, as for those of you that have made it to this point of this episode, um, you know, I have about four or five of these podcasts of these interviews left. And then I'm going to try and transition to the podcast. I think I'm going to change the name and there'll be more to come on that. But ultimately, I'm, I've come obsessed with building this brand that I'm trying to build on LinkedIn. I've kind of tried so many things and this podcast has kind of been a combination of I'm going to do this I'm going to do that it's really and I was talking to my wife Nat about it it's really hard to figure out what you're going to do and I'm going to talk about this in in um, as part of a podcast it's really hard to figure out what you want to do when you don't have the right mentors and there's not a lot of people that build in a good way online and I talk about building it's creating an audience and selling products online selling coaching services online that's just it sounds simple but the people that do it and do it well like really have a strategy and really have it dialed in and so as I'm learning about all that, it's amazing. Um, the more I expose myself to, the more I kind of learn uh, 
about how to do all that. But in the process, you know, part of that thing is identifying your ICP and then, you know, being consistent about what you post online and kind of how your messages are focused on that person, um, which sounds like common sense, but when you actually think into it, it's not, um, or it's not done. It's simple, but it's not easy to do. But then the next one is like constant engagement. So like you would build any other network, you need to be on there engaging every day. Oh, that's a very long way of saying like the more I engage with people, the more I see what other people are posting and respond to and get involved. You realize like, and it gets easier when you know that you can help someone, but like this whole like, you need to be reaching out multiple times. I think we all know that. And I think if you're like an SDR or a BDR, that's really easy because that's your job to just get on the phone and call every day. But if you're someone who is kind of more like me, I'm an individual contributor all the way across. So um, I'm not in like a traditional like AE role where it's like, okay, I get leads sent to me, they come to me. It's like my job is to, um, and we have ways to identify leads within my company, but my job is to kind of help identify those prospects and bring them through. So it's like you pick up the phone once or twice, you contact, you email someone once or twice, you don't hear back, you go on to the next one. And maybe that's okay to an extent, but if they really fit your profile, um, you got to be consistent and that's this rinse and repeat thing you got to be consistent repeating you know, constantly reaching out um, but the idea of rinse is really interesting and it's it's um, reaching out with value hey just check <laughs> he's, he's he's a funny dude he's like what, what are you checking into a hotel like hey I'm just checking in I'm guilty of that too we all are like hey I'm just checking in to see how things are going um, any updates and it's like no pr provide provide value and if you can't take five or 10 minutes to look up something that might be of interest to your client, if you don't know what's of interest to your client, then you're probably not, you haven't done your work in discovery. And, uh, you know, I, I'm talking, I'm, I'm preaching to myself here as much as anyone else is listening to this, but it's a real opportunity to do that. And I think this rinse and repeat thing is just, it's not something new, but it's something worth listening to. And how do you take a nugget from that and get a little better tomorrow is, is, uh, is the challenge for you. Last one, social awareness, uh, I, part of the next podcast I want to do is to talk more about how to build on LinkedIn as I'm doing it, as I'm figuring out. I mean, I'm no, I'm no guru yet, but I'm <laughs> created a playbook based on feedback from people that are a lot smarter and a lot more experienced than me. And I'm just implementing that playbook. So, uh, but he does talk about using social media to build your awareness. And it really is true. Um, like Mark said, his, his reputation precedes him for me, this podcast, people from my job have started to pick up on it. And, um, started to create a reputation for me within my company. Um, you know, the sales is like, Hey, this guy's serious about getting good at sales. So by, which is true. Um, and then by, by design, um, or not design, people start to think Joe's really good at sales in my company because God, he put so much effort into it, which is true. I mean, right. I mean, if you're putting this much effort and you're working on your craft this much and people start to notice. So anyway, I'm creating that awareness by just posting it on social media, um, specifically LinkedIn. So um, think about how you can do that in your job and whether it's, it, it, it may not be, oh, like me, like, oh, I'm going to just post about getting better at sales. It may just be, hey, I'm going to post about things in my, inter in my um, industry. Um, I'm going to do research on products in my industry and post about that and say, hey, here's what's going on in the industry. Not just sharing an article that someone wrote and saying, hey, great read. Like, no, do your research, come up with some key points and write them. Um, and then maybe share that with your client directly as well. So I think that's some cool, that, that's some interesting stuff on prospecting. Uh, that's what really resonated with me. And uh, hopefully that's somewhat helpful to you too. The other one is presenting. I've thought a lot about presenting. In my particular role, um, until I've really started to hone in and kind of put pressure on us as, you know, my company as an organization, um, specifically in the software space. And generally, we're, we're not, you know, there's a lot of SaaS companies out there and other sales companies, I know, and I've worked for them, um, that have their process dialed in. We do this, then we do this, and we do this. And I, I think that's good. I mean, I know there's value in that. It's if you, um, these guys, is the reason why they do it. But it's also probably a tough environment to work in at times because you don't, it's some of the individualness can be taken out. And I, you could probably argue that once you get the process down, you could bring the, the ones that do really well, bring their individuality into it. And I'm sure there's a lot of truth to that. Um, but I'm not going to debate that right now, but my point is for me personally, as someone who kind of has focused on software in my group, in my company, which has historically not been a software company, it's like, Hey Joe, this person's, and I've done a video on this. Hey, this person's interested in software. Let's give them a demo. Let's give them a presentation. So when I first started, I'm like, okay, cool. And you go on and you have an hour of their time. You spend 15 minutes showing them a bunch of stuff, uh, five minutes with an intro. Then you have five minutes left. Do you guys have any questions? And it's kind of like, uh. And at some point, you kind of know these people have fallen asleep halfway through the presentation, especially during COVID. Um, and so I really pushed myself, how do I get better at this? Like, this isn't resonating. And you start to, again, everything goes back to putting yourself in your buyer's shoes. Like, let's look at these people as humans because we're humans. Like, I don't want to sit through it. 
60-minute presentation. I don't think anyone does. I mean, if it's enthralling, I mean, you can't sit, I can't sit through a 60-minute movie, which is made to like turn all the parts of my brain off and just focus on a story. I can't th sit through that without picking up myself on 100 times. Every once in a while, you'll get a really good movie, and that's when you know it was a good movie because you're focused. Never mind a presentation. So how do we get better at that? And uh, that's one of the things that initially attracted to Marcus, some of his stuff on that too. It's like people don't want a presentation. They want a conversation. If clients have done any research on your company, and this is where I, we, I, I was the one that brought this up. I'm going to pat myself on the back. But it, it's like start uh, – the conversation should really be like start with Q&A. Like, okay, you came here. Um, we're in a situation. And if it's part of a process, some of that Q&A has occurred in the discovery calls. Totally get that. Um, but it's almost like give the, give the prospect a second to breathe at the beginning. Hey, like what do you want to get out of this? What are you hoping to get from today's presentation? Um, I actually got a demo given me about a product that we were looking with at partnering um, yesterday. And it really made me think so much about how I get my demos because it's like I kind of had an idea going in of what I wanted to see. And I knew what I wanted. And I knew if I saw those two things, I'd essentially be sold to the point where, okay, these guys can do what I need them to do. I'm on. Um, and instead, I had to sit through and listen to this person bark about a bunch of stuff I didn't care about for like 40 minutes. I got really bored. I got uh, kind of annoyed. And it's like if he just checked in the beginning – and he kind of did in a way and I still told him what I wanted and we still didn't get there so that's a different conversation about listening but um, you know presenting should really be centered around that like what do you want to get out of this and then just ideally you know I, Mark pushes it to say if you're presenting out of a deck you're not confident in your sales and I think this and he says like I can't argue with that quite frankly um, and I still present out of a deck sometimes but only a slide or two for me I, I i look at a powerpoint deck or any type of presentation as a way to create a conversation it's just another way of creating a conversation another way of going deeper in discovery and that's all it is is you're just using other tools to create conversations ultimately that's what a good presentation is it's a way to create a conversation get the prospect talking understand more of what they're trying to do and what their constraints are or are not and then um, go from there and you can use that to show a little bit of a presentation and then try and kind of punt it over to them. And what do you think? Let them drive. Oh, yeah, well, can it do this or can it do that? And um, just go with the flow, man. You know, um, that's what you're there for. And especially, and I, I get that some clients go off on a tangent sometimes, and sometimes you got to reel them back in. But generally speaking, hey, can it do this? Well, if you weren't going to show this um, till like stage five of your presentation, but I asked now, well, go there now. See what happens. Then, you, then you have them engaged instead of saying, yes, I'm going to show you that, but please sit tight for 10 minutes while I tell you a bunch of stuff that you're probably not interested in. Um, show them now while they're excited about it because by the time you get there in 10 minutes, they might not be. Present less. Converse more. Uh, so that's presenting. We talked about prospecting. I went around out with a couple quick tips. Friday afternoon calls. Uh, I think that was great. One of the things I, I've talked about a couple times through this season is the fact that I came into this season thinking, okay, I'm into reality, transurf it. I, I know about the secret. I'm just going to visualize my way to success. Totally true. You will never talk to someone as successful and doesn't say that mindset's a major component of that. I mean, 100%. But, and this was my bonus I was going to say to the end, but I'm going to just say it now. Mark, the top 1% are hustlers, man. And does that mean you have to sit in your office every day and make calls till 6 o'clock? I, 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 I don't know. I don't always do that. Maybe I should. Um, probably should more than I do. Um, but, Certainly a lot of Fridays that I do work till 6 o'clock. We talk about I have a friends that are in – it just happened to be medical device sales. And they're, oh, yeah, man, I golf four days a week, golf a couple days a week like it's cool. And like you said, I'm going to steal your clients. And less about I'm going to steal your clients, but, you know, even advice from f friends, for me personally, outside of just sale, uh, fulfillment is a hard day's work. When I have a hard day's work, I feel good. You know, it's like Mondays are tough. You get up, but then you haul ass on Monday, and at the end of the day, you're like, yeah, that was a good day. You feel good about that. Um, so Friday afternoon calls, top 1% are hustlers in general, like you got to work hard. Um, and if you're doing the right stuff, it shouldn't be that difficult on you, but you got, <laughs> you got to work hard. Uh, got to work smart too, though. Let me get your opinion on something just, uh, and this probably could have fallen under the, the rinse and repeat with value to your prospect. But uh, let me get your opinion on something. It's a great way to get someone to respond. It probably did now that I'm kind of looking at it. it. Probably should have fell under the prospecting bucket. So I really ruined this entire podcast by talking about it under quick tips. But it is a quick tip. Um, looking at res, you know, you had a conversation with someone. Again, you'd have to know what they talked about. But hey, I know you're interested in this. Love to get your opinion on it. Boom, send it over to them. Uh, good way to elicit a response. 
Um, and the last thing is, and this is for the new reps, I kind of push Mark on this. He talked about, and he, this guy's been around the block. And that's why I said. He's a straight shooter. And, um, but I think he and I both kind of recognize the fact that some of the stuff he's talking about isn't really always super easy for um, new reps. And it's kind of like a formula to build confidence. And he talked about it. I've been kind of thinking about it a little bit. I was writing this with kind of conversing with someone on LinkedIn earlier about this today. Uh, and he said, authenticity and transparency. Is it authenticity? Create confidence. Um, so when you're new, if you can be authentic, which means just kind of be yourself and don't try and be someone else. When you don't, you could be transparent. When you don't know an answer to something, just be honest. Um, and I, I would say what those create is vulnerability. Really, when you're authentic and you're transparent, so you're just saying, this is who I am and I'm not going to hide it. What you've created is vulnerability, really. Um, and when, you're, when you could be vulnerable, that's really just confidence. And when you can be comfortable in a vulnerable state, you're confident. So when you're a new rep, I, that's a formula, right? In any situation, how can I be authentic and how can I be transparent? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I've seen like uh, a lot of coaching done and coaching is very similar to like a sales discovery call. And I remember a lady early on in my coaching, she was doing like a role play with someone and she's a confident coach, she's been around the block, certified, all that sort of stuff. And she's chatting with this girl and asking her questions. And a big thing in coaching is like, you need to ask deep, powerful questions to get people to think and to provoke thought from them, which is really what a good sales discovery call is. I mean, there's so many similarities between coaching and sales. And the more I realize that, the more I realize there's, there's certainly an opportunity for me here. Um, and I remember she's asking the girl and she asked her a question. Then she kind of saw up and she kind of looked up and she's like, I don't know what I want to ask you right now. And uh, it was kind of funny because the girl actually picked up and was like started talking. And it's a, I don't know that you'll get there immediately in a sales call. You'd like to get there with a client where you can be like, hey man, like, what else is there that I haven't asked? And see what they have to say. <laughs> they might have some really good stuff to say. So I, I guess my, my point is, if you can be authentic in any situation, transparent, and be vulnerable, people appreciate that. Customers will appreciate that, and uh, they'll, they'll kind of work with that. Um, so anyway, I feel like my, uh, my, my, after, my color commentary is going to be longer than the podcast. But uh, for, you, for, for those of you guys that are listening, it's funny. Um, I've kind of been all over the block on my podcast here, and... Uh, I just looked at the stats the other day. It's been a while. And the listens aren't through the roof, but it's just every, every podcast is a consistent group. I shouldn't say the same group, but consistently I get like same amount of downloads. Um, so if you're someone who kind of listens, listens consistently, um, I'd love for you to just like shoot me a text or an email, uh, joe at joechiccarelli.com. I, I'd, I'd love to hear from you. And if you're someone that's just maybe clocked in for the first time, that's fine too. But uh, you just kind of wonder. You look at I can see stats. I can see where people are from. I have a lot of listeners in... Uh, Florida, California, Boston, good amount in New York, in, like in Australia, um, obviously the UK where Nat's from, and a few other places as well. But yeah, if you're someone who's listening, uh, I'd just be curious. Yeah, send me a list. Hey, I've been checking you out and here's what I like or feedback or whatever um, if, you're, if you're open to that. Uh, anyway, um, that's all I got, guys. So I hope you enjoyed the, the podcast this week and uh, I'll talk to you soon.